we understand what unions are going through, what the game's going through, what spectators are missing out on, what players are going through. So it's one of empathy and solidarity in particular, which are great values of rugby. Um, and, but, but, but our promise is that rugby will be back and it will be back you know, stronger and more fit for purpose than ever. Um, and that's our goal. And, and we're working very hard uh, to ensure that the game comes back as soon as possible in its fittest state as possible in every aspect of it. Um, and, and, that, and that's what we're working to do. That's, that's, that's you know, part of our mission. It's our, it's our modified mission in the current environment. Hello and welcome back. This is Exeter Real. I am Tracy Duke and this is where leaders create leaders. Produced by Felix Northover and recorded in current circumstances via Zoom, we ask the question, what does it take to thrive in a world of both challenge and opportunity? And most importantly, how do we build the resilience and leadership skills to get us there? In this unprecedented time of global change, we as leaders, entrepreneurs and change makers need to dig deep and draw on our innate abilities to problem solve, innovate and instill a sense of calm to lead with confidence. And now more than ever, we need to be getting clear on facts, differentiating between what's real and what's hype and building common sense conversations around the truth to make the best decisions for those relying on us. And more than ever before, we need to bring our focus back to our own mental health and wellness in order to bring our skill sets to the table and to continue thriving. Professional sport is, without a doubt, facing a period of unprecedented challenge, with solutions and answers as to how we move forward frustratingly out of reach for many. And whilst they all may be sat in different boats, governing bodies, clubs, athletes and sponsors and broadcasters are all facing the same storm and asking what next? How does sport get going again? And how can this time be put to use? And can previously long-term changes be brought forward? And what about sponsorships? We know all too well of the importance of this revenue source for both club and sponsor. And of course, what about the athletes themselves? How are they holding up and what mindsets will be getting them through this time? My guest today is Brett Gosper, the CEO of World Rugby, arguably a man with an enormous challenge on his hands. Brett's career has spanned over 30 years, starting out in Melbourne, Australia as a young Wallaby trialist, representing his country at under 21 level, through to a professional playing career at Racing in France, through to senior positions within global advertising agencies, and now to his role as CEO of the world's governing and lawmaking body for Rugby Union. Brett, I'm delighted and honoured to welcome you to Exeter Real and to jump into conversation about the future of sport and how world rugby are navigating these challenging times. Thank you so much for taking this time out. I'm happy to share some thoughts and happy to, to join you for a conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so let's, let's kick things off. First of all, I have to ask you, how are you doing? How's, how's, <laughs> how's life in lockdown treating you? Yeah, I think I think I've never not travelled. I've never been anchored to one place for so long ever. I think in my life. So I think it's been nine weeks. Although the office is based in Dublin, I'm I'm based in London in Wimbledon. And um, there's some upsides, obviously, and there's some downsides to this lockdown. Um, but it is a very very new experience in the way we're working. And 
generally I'm surprised with how much we're getting accomplished and getting done and how much we're cramming into a day, which Zoom, such as we're talking on, give you that, that opportunity. For sure, um, for sure. The novelty's surprised? definitely worn off and it's... It, it, <laughs> Everyone keeps talking about the new normal and whatever, but it just does seem now to be quite routine in the way we're going about things. Okay. And uh, perhaps a little frustrating. There are frustrating parts to it because you'd love to get in the room with people occasionally, and you'd love mm. to get on a plane and travel because it always makes you think you're doing that you're doing more. <laughs> but actually, as I said, we're achieving a lot through our through our zooms and our multiple meetings and the context of a crisis is, is, is turning out to be quite a catalyst for some open minds and change in areas of need. And so, so it's, it, it, it's, it's good. The upside. Not, not saying that I'd like to be living, living this forever or, or, or do it again, but it does have some upsides. For sure. Has it surprised you the, the productivity levels? I mean, I've noticed from most people that I'm talking to is that the, the, the biggest surprise they've had is just how productive we can be. Yeah, I, look, I, you are surprised at how productive you can be and you're trying to do everything you were trying to solve before, but you're also doing it while you're trying to solve the issues of a crisis. So whether you're productive or not, it feels like you're working a lot harder because there's more issues yeah. to deal with and therefore you've got to be careful not to confuse productivity with just putting more hours in. Mm. Um, but there's no question you don't have to walk between meetings anymore or jump on planes or and the, and the ability to bring big groups together in one virtual room um, is a true discovery for the, for the for the sport I'm sure a lot of industries and will fundamentally change the way we work going forward forever I'm sure um okay so the the last few weeks um what's been keeping you busy obviously you've just had the elections and Bill Beaumont's been re-elected Tell me a little bit about the last few weeks and what it's been looking like for you. Yeah, sure. Like, you know, from an electoral point of view, um, you know, we let the elected officials get on with that um, as they put, you know, put out their programs, um, Bill and Gus, and, and that, that has been running for, you know, for a number of months and so on. And, and in parallel to that, obviously, um, Bill in particular is he's the incumbent and in the role has been working very hard on the crisis itself and, and resolving the issues for, for, for rugby and doing a bit of part-time campaigning at the, at the same time. And we've been cracking on as a management team um, because, you know, whoever gets elected will will work with whoever that is. Um, and we've been very busy doing a number of things in world rugby. Firstly, we established a, a relief fund out of our fortunately reasonably healthy reserves because we we were very lucky to have a World Cup the year before this uh, this crisis, which was a very successful World Cup and generated revenues. And our next World Cup, which will be a mega World Cup in terms of its impact, um, commercial impact and, and fan impact as well, means we've got, from a world rugby funding point of view, a, a pretty healthy set of reserves. And we're, we've set up a relief fund of about, in the first instance, of about £75 million. And we're working out ways of making that money spread as widely as we can to sustain a number of our member unions, in particular, probably about 20 to 25 unions who really have been hampered by, by the loss of revenue of the loss of inventory and events. And that's been a big part of what we're doing. We've been also looking at how we can alleviate some of these issues by shifting and shuffling the calendar around. Um, that's a particularly 
complex task as well because it requires agreement on all sides of the world in 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 different competitions and and, and the links into the domestic uh, competitions as well so it's quite complex and also complex because we're not really sure exactly when the return to play will actually take place so a lot of our con multiple contingency plans around around calendar and finance planning has been our main preoccupation over the last few months uh, with, okay. the, with the election obviously in the back in the background because um i'm guessing that i mean I, I said in the intro that your your career spanned 30 years have you ever i mean have you ever seen anything of this magnitude obviously in very very different circumstances but have you ever been no i don't I don't think anyone, unless you've perhaps lived a, a world war, which <laughs> yes. people still, um, you know, fortunately for them, have around to tell the tale. Um, yeah. I but don't from think your biggest challenges. The biggest challenges. I can't think of anything like this. I mean, look, I, we've all worked through, you know, what happened. You know, some of the big events of the of the century, whether you know, be nine eleven, mm. um, you know, and, and 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 how that dipped the stock market. Some crashes that happened along the way, whether it be, you know, in the eighties, the, the crash of 2000, you know, 2008 and so on, nothing as fundamental as this, this is, this is really, you know, this, the ash cloud that restricted us for a few weeks in Europe and in travel, which is a minor inconvenience compared to this. I mean, this is a human tragedy of enormous scale and obviously with its knock on effects on the business and economy and, and leisure and, and freedoms and, and, and so on. So, mm. you know, you literally are a very, very rare occurrence. And, and, and learning every step of the way, I'm guessing, um, kind of feeling. Well, you, you're learning, but you, 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 you're learning for next time, which hope, hopefully there won't be, um, but you're learning how agile and how adaptable the organizations are or not, um, and how adaptable humans are which I think we're seeing incredible adapt adaptation of, of businesses, of organisations, of people working in urgency and with great courage, in, particularly in the health sector. Yeah, um, so, you know, the human race is being put to a massive test at the moment. And people are putting in superhuman shifts to get us out the other side, either in your own sector or, or across um, you know, across the world in, in, in the medical areas, I say in particular. Who's standing out for you, Brett, um, as on a sort of a global scale? Who's standing out for you as a leader? Um, Look, I think there's a lot of leadership being provided in, in some countries. You tend to probably go to the countries where you're getting, you know, low statistics. And there might be other reasons for that other than, than leadership. And certainly I, I know the Prime Minister of New Zealand has been getting a lot of credit uh, mm -hmm. for her leadership. But I think... You know, this is a time where, you know, leaders are working around the clock and doing their very best and trying their very best in a context of the complete unknown. Um, and each country's coming from, at it from a different perspective. If you could take aspects from a number of leaders and put them all together and we'd have a perfect scenario, hey? Yeah, yeah, they've all got their strengths uh, and, yeah. you know, weaknesses as well, I guess. Okay, so let's look at things from uh, a player point of view. Um, I mentioned earlier, I did an interview with Gareth Stevenson, who plays for the Exeter Chiefs um, uh, earlier, and we were talking about things from him. But, you know, as, a, as an international player, whether you're international or club level, you know, the frustrations 
that they're going to be feeling right now. Um, and, you know, are quite, from my point of view, looking in, you know, I, I don't know how they're doing it, but actually that mindset that sports gives them to keep going through this, um, I'm guessing is going to prevail. That strength is going to get them. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I, I, look, for a start, from, from a rugby athlete point of view, it's very difficult because rugby is a very collective sport. It's also a contact sport in all senses of, of, of the word, um, which, is, which is, you know, uh, a challenge in itself in an environment of, of, of transmissible virus and so on. So, but the, and these athletes are having to, to, to keep fit and train without really knowing how long the race is to get back onto a field. It's like, you know, I said, a coach that you send me, send our team around to do laps before training and not tell us how many we we're going to do. And they're in that mode where it's, it's nice to know wh where the finish line is. It's much easier to plan for it. And, and so they're training with little understanding of when exactly they're going to be able to come back yes. and training in solitude in a sport, which is, has a lot of solidarity and camaraderie. And so that's difficult as well. And yeah, they'll look, they'll be great. And we posted some return to training and return to play um, science and protocols on on our passport website on the world rugby website this week which is quite trailblazing and so on it gives some indication of how the return might happen but it's a little bit less precise on the timelines but look these athletes are you know robust individuals highly competitive um you know obviously yeah. used to dealing with wins losses injuries and all the rest of it this yeah. is something else that's yeah. been thrown at them and hopefully they yeah. can navigate their way through this period and come yeah. out the other end and, and be True. back playing. Players just want to play. That's, that's, yeah. that's it. And also, you know, these are very important years in any, in any player's career. Playing career is, is not as long as a, as, a, as a normal professional career. And therefore, every, every season or every game lost is, 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 is important and precious right. to them. And we understand that. We've got a, even an Olympic year next year for those Olympic athletes in the sevens as well. Um, you know, they could have missed out on that. And some may miss out in the transition to Tokyo next year as well. But yeah. let's just hope that, that, that we can get some normality as, as soon as possible. Especially frustrating, I guess, for those who are coming to the end of their careers, you know, a year or two left. I think that, that yeah, that's true. You know, but then again, it's true for those at the start of their careers. It's, it's, it's true for any, any player. Um, you know, you could argue the player at the end of his career has had a fantastic innings yes. and played every yeah. season and so on. But look, I think it's... There's no uh, inequality here. It's yeah, yeah. It, everyone is missing out for different yeah. reasons, and, Absolutely. and it, that's that's unfortunate. But in the bigger context of some of the human tragedy out there, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's small a, play. a bearable situation that hopefully will yeah. be returned to normality. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think there's one player out there who would not appreciate that. So yeah. um, that's the thing. I mean, people know why these sacrifices are being made. And they're being made for huge reasons. So, mm. so that, I think, helps people get through it as it helps us all to stay at home yeah. in this case. Uh, exactly. Or stay off a playing field or, or just resist, you know, playing the sport you love. And staying resilient and strong through probably the, the longest ever pre-season training on their own. <laughs> without, without knowing how long the pre is going to be. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so let's let's talk about the the game itself. Um, and I want to ask you whether this situation we find ourselves in could potentially give an opportunity to to reset a few issues. 
um, longer term changes that you can now maybe have the opportunity to bring forward. Um, what would you personally like to see changed? What aspects? Yeah, look, I, you know, we've got to be careful not to overpromise in these contexts um, and that this context is going to give us some kind of revolutionary change. I'm not sure the sport requires a massive revolution, um, but there are some areas I think that, 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 that there can be more coherence in. And there's a lot of conversations in the calendar conversations, in the financial conversations and so on, which are leading to, to longer term conversations about how the structure of, of a season might look globally and, and, and how that might benefit all stakeholders in the game of rugby uh, from the players to, 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 to the unions, to the clubs and so on. And so look, those conversations are ongoing. So I can't really give you a, a peek as to some of the, the, the debates in those areas. What you do feel is when you're talking about some of these areas, um, there is a far greater urgency and a far greater desire to do what's right for the collective. Um, and in the past, I think, you know, rugby may have been guilty of entrenched positions by the sector that, that you, you represent um, in, in which part, whichever part of the game you represent or part of the world you represent and so on. So um, hopefully, and we're still in the in you know conversations, hopefully that, that endures that we get some outcomes during this period. And we also have time to, to have a good think about some areas. It holds us up in other areas. You know, we've got people uh, that have a little bit of time to sit down and think about and be innovative and, and find new solutions and, and ways of working. Um, at the same time, there are some things which are held up. You know, there are innovative trials in the game of rugby that you can only do if you're on the field with, with uh, you know, full sets of players and all the rest of it. And that's, that is going to uh, slow things down maybe on the law creation front. Um, there are certainly lots of ideas around, around laws that may, you know, reshape the game, make it safer, make it more attractive, make it simpler. And these are discussions we're always having and maybe there'll be some hold up in that area, but hopefully in finding collective solutions, the urgency of the desire to get the game back in shape very quickly, come out of this crisis in the best possible shape to be attractive to audiences, broadcasters, sponsors, and all the rest of it. There's definitely a meeting of the minds in some of those areas, which is helpful. And actually probably quite exciting. Does it feel, feel like a breath of fresh air in, in some ways it 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 fe well it feels j just look rugby people are generally pretty constructive bunch of people trying to do the right thing and there is a you know solid day but here there's an urgency in getting together to create the right solutions and yeah it's different this context is giving us a, a, a you know a different environment where people want to be constructive and want to find solutions and they want to do it quickly so what part do you think tech is going to play in moving forward and getting those live games back up and running again? Yeah, look, I think in the immediate future, tech is going to obviously just from a screening, tracing, tracking, medical point of view is going to be hugely important in ensuring um, that players remain safe, uninfected um, and, and, you know, isolating incidents and so on where, where that may occur. Um, there will be interesting, I, I'm sure people are going to experiment because we're going to go probably, the phasing will probably be in-country, rugby, domestic, maybe in region, in hemisphere, and probably, you know, one of the last things, unfortunately, that may 
come back is is uh, in that in that progression, although it might happen in a in a in a shorter time frame. Is is uh, international rugby cross hemisphere international rugby with huge crowds sitting in the stadium would seem to be at the back end of 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 the lock lockdown situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there'd be all sorts of experimentation of you know how how will the camera work be when there's no uh, spectators um, yeah. are we going to have canned applause are we going to have cut out crowds as we've seen uh, experimented with in some instances can you drop in crowds is that all going to be a bit false and un- unauthentic are we going to try to play in arenas where we can control you know some of the atmosphere in some way um, smaller uh, more different more controllable um, indoor outdoor you know I, th- I think all of these things are going are to be experimented with it we may have to experiment on some of the laws. There's even some indications of that. Um, uh, you know, there, the, the, there might be immediate returns where player contact has to be limited to a certain amount of time. And therefore maybe the way scrums and the way they happen and how often they happen may have to be regulated in a first phase. I'm talking about as players get back and get fit. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, the usual technology in ensuring the monitoring of players as they try to get match fit, in you know periods of three to four weeks, as 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 we realise, you know you know important games may be played. So sure. technology, whether it be from a fan engagement, production, sports presentation, or just a monitoring of players' health, safety, and so on, is going to play a huge role. Yeah. There's one of the questions that I asked um, Gareth Steenson the other the other day when we had a chat. Um, was sort of talking about the energy in the stadium and what impact the energy of a live crowd has on the performance of a player. And obviously it's immense and makes all the difference. It's a good question. Well, we won't know that until we really have an empty crowd, I guess. I guess. And some, you know, some teams play in sm- relatively small audiences occasionally and there's no lack of commitment there either. So, you know, players are out there in their minds to do a job um, and I'm sure they've got enough imagination to know how many people might be watching on the TV and so on. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think that even without audiences, although the atmosphere won't be as appealing, I'm sure the, the, the actual players and athletes won't let us down. Well, they're professionals, aren't they? They won't. They won't. Um, so, OK, well, let's jump 18 months down the line. Where do you think we'll be? You would hope that we are... You'd very much hope things are back to normal. Um, you know, maybe potentially with a with a restructured season. It's also a, a Lions year, uh, which will be interesting in the in the rugby world. Always a great year uh, with the Lions going to South Africa. Um, so yeah, ho- hopefully it's <laughs> we're not we're probably still doing zooms. Maybe not as much as now. Um, some of our working habits will have changed. Um, and look, you know, it's not. Economically, this 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 could trail on for a while. We know what we're going into a softer economy over the next few years. Um, you know, there'll be fight for dollars, broadcasters' money, uh, sponsorship money, and all of that's not going to come back in five minutes. So I say there'll be some normality, but it all depends on how quickly the economy and the sports economy, in our case, uh, comes back um, as as we head towards our next big. Uh, rendezvous we've obviously got a women's world cup in 21 in new zealand and hopefully there'll be no issues around that as there won't be with the olympics uh, as well next summer um, the olympics preceded just and then on to the women's world cup mm. and then we head 
towards our own World Cup for men as well in in uh, 23. So, Gosh, uh, and that will roll around quickly. <laughs> it will, yeah, it will. So I don't think we can tell exactly what it's going to look like at that particular point in time, um, but it's going to be a bit different and there are going to be more challenges left with a, with a challenging economy, I would imagine, at that point in time. Yeah, I'm very much taking each day, week, month as it comes and, and you know, all you can do is just keep striving, keep staying focused and then eventually we'll all get to where, hopefully, where we need to be. And keep monitoring as, as, as governments are monitoring and testing and, 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 and finding ways to bring the economy back while not putting people in jeopardy uh, from a health perspective. It's exactly what we're doing in our own uh, mini environment or our own industry of sport. And we're working daily with medical advice um, with our own chief medical officer and, and teams of, 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 of practitioners around the world. Um, whether they be high performance, medical and so on, to just work out how we can get players back into, into rugby in a safe environment as soon as possible, okay. as well as spectators at some point too. Okay. Um, Brett, let's, let's move towards wrapping this one up. I'm, I'm conscious of your time. Um, but I want to ask you, um, what's the key message that World Rugby are giving out to its global community and its players right now? What reassurance do you want to instill? Yeah, look, the key message is one of, uh, of solidarity. I think that we understand what unions are going through, what the game's going through, what spectators are missing out on, what players are going through. So it's one of empathy and solidarity in particular, which are great values of rugby. Um, and, but, but, but our promise is that rugby will be back and it will be back you know, stronger and more fit for purpose than ever. Um, and that's our goal, and, and we're working very hard uh, to ensure that the game comes back as soon as possible in its fittest state as possible in every aspect of it, um, and, and, that, and that's what we're working to do. That's, that's, that's you know, part of our mission. It's our, it's our modified mission in the current environment. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you, Brett. As always, it's a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you. Thank so you for having me. For your time. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to my conversation with Brett. Please keep an eye out for details of my 2-6 challenge to help raise funds for injured players. And I'll get those out to you very soon. Remember, you are the solution finders. You are the entrepreneurs, the change makers, the leaders. You don't have to know all the right answers, but your tribes, customers, and teams need to hear that it will be okay and that together you can make common sense decisions based on the information emerging each day. That's it for today's episode. If you have a chance, please rate and review, hit subscribe to keep up with new episodes and pass it along to a friend. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you'll come back next Friday for more. And in the meantime, please stay safe, look out for each other, and most importantly, be kind. Mm-hmm.